morning, everybody. And good morning to those who are watching online. We are so glad that you're watching around the country and around the world. Uh, and we love you, and we just want to tell you that. So thank you for, uh, for, for tuning in. And I just want to say, I really mean this. Um, I love you guys. I, I am so blessed to be the pastor of this church. This church is, uh, I love your hunger for God. I love your passion for worship. Uh, I, love, I love everything. I am I'm the blessed, most blessed of all, of all people to be able to, to, to say I'm your pastor. So, uh, so thank you for, for that. Uh, but, you know, we, uh, we're, we're in the, in a, a series, but I love the story about the, the two guys who are ice fishing. And they don't know each other. And they're about 20 feet apart. And one guy over here, he's catching everything. I mean, he's catching everything. And then the other guy over here, he's catching nothing. And he's looking over here and he's going, what is with this guy? So finally he's had enough. And he said, he said, how are you catching so many fish when I'm catching nothing? And the guy turned to him and mumbled something. He said, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. And he turned to him and mumbled something again. He said, I'm sorry, I still couldn't hear what you were saying. And the guy spit something to his hands and said, I said, you got to learn how to keep the worms warm. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to be talking about fishing today, and, uh, but we're not the ones doing the fishing. We're the ones being fished for, right? And we're in the study on spiritual warfare, and, and we're taking a, a look at knowing your enemy because here's the important reason of why we're doing this, because, uh, because there really is an enemy called Satan, and he really does want have, have a scheme for your life, just like, just like God has a positive scheme for your life and a positive blueprint, a positive plan. Satan has a, a hate you and has a negative plan for your life and for your marriage and for your family and for this community and for this, uh, for this nation, for this world. He has a negative plan for all that. And the only way we're going to be able to combat that is if we know what his strategy is and if we're able to, to go against that strategy and we know the, the, the weapons that are available to us to counteract those strategies and to counteract what is coming against us. And, and so we've taken a look at different things that, uh, about, uh, about Satan. We took a look at what Jesus said about him, his character, and said he's a liar. He's a thief. He's a murderer, and he's an accuser. And we've experienced every single one of those. You have to just even look at the news and see how he's done a great job with that, even this, even this week or the last couple weeks in our in our nation, in our world. And then all of a sudden, uh, he also we took a look at some of the the weapons that he uses, and we saw the weapon of opposition. And the weapon of discouragement, the weapon of disunity, and, the, and, and all those weapons. We're going to take a look at another weapon today, and that's the weapon that every one of us are so unbelievably familiar with, and that's the weapon of temptation. And when I say Satan tempts us, there's no one in here going, seriously? I had no idea. This is something just completely news to me. To me. Uh, but but the, the one thing is that we have to understand is, uh, is, is that he's, uh, he's completely about temp- temptation. In fact, you take a look, you open up the Bible, and the second, uh, the second chapter of the whole Bible, you have uh, Satan tempting Eve in the, in the garden. You open up the gospel, and you have Satan tempting Jesus in the desert. So whether you find yourself right now in a, in a garden, or whether you find yourself in a desert, or anywhere in between, every single one of us know the, the pain of, uh, of, of being tempted. In fact, I mean, if I was to show hands and say, how many of you have ever been, been tempted? Virtually every hand would go in here that's, that's truthful at all. If I said, how many people have been tempted this week? Probably almost every hand would, would go up. If I asked the question of how many people have come to that temptation sometime, every single hand, uh, including mine, would go, would go shooting up. If I've said, how many of you have ever faced a consequence for, for, for grabbing hold of that temptation, every one of our hands uh, would go up. 
This is one thing we all have in common. We understand what temptation is because we've all faced it. And, uh, and we need to take a look, first of all, not only where, where does uh, temptation come from, we understand that. The Bible makes that clear in the, uh, in the Gospels uh, time and time again. Uh, Satan is called the tempter. In the epistles, he's also called the tempter. But we need to take a look at where it doesn't come from as well. And if you have your Bible, turn to James chapter 1. And here's, here's something that sometimes we accuse the wrong person of tempting us. And here it is. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his or own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Don't miss that word, enticed, because we're going to go back to that. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to, to death. According to this passage, where does sin never, ever, ever come from? God, right? I mean, never, ever. We're never going to find it from, from, from that. It comes from, it's going to come from, from us. And then, but there is something. What's the difference between a trial and a temptation? Because here's the difference. One thing is, is God will allow us to go through trials for our good. Uh, what, why would he do that? Why would, why would God allow us to go through difficulty in this, in this world? Because he knows that it's, it's the strain that develops perseverance. Just like gold is refined in fire and purified in fire, we are, uh, are, are purified through some of the fires that we go through and refined through the fires that we go through in life. We don't like that, but every one of us can say, that's absolutely true. I've, I've grown through the difficulties in my, in my life. It's also, you know, uh, again, like, like sandpaper, that the sandpaper is, it's rough and it's coarse, uh, but, it, but it smooths out the, uh, the, the rough spots. And, and God sometimes allows trials in our life to, to smooth out the, the rough trough stuff in our, in our life. But here's the thing, God will allow trials in our life, but it's always because he loves us and he wants us to develop, he wants us to mature, he wants us to go stronger in our, in our faith. Satan will bring temptation, never God, and he will allow that to, I mean, he will do that in our life for one purpose, and that's to destroy us, to kill, steal, and destroy something in our life. Anytime you face a temptation, here's the thing we have to understand. Every time we know that there's a temptation coming, we know who the author is, and we know why he's doing it. And as soon as we understand, he's doing this to hurt me, he's doing this to to, to ruin my life, maybe it helps us to overcome it when we realize the the author of it. And let's go back to that word entice. The word in the Greek is literally a, uh, it's a fishing term. It's a term that, uh, that is means to, to put bait on a hook and dangle it there. That's what entice means. And every single one of us, again, understand what that's about. And we're going to take a look, kind of use a, a fishing analogy uh, of, of understanding temptation in, in life. And the first thing is, is, is it's not the fish's fault when the lures are in the, in the pond. I mean, a fish can just be there and floating around, being a fish, doing nothing wrong, and all of a sudden, ploop. It's not its fault that a temptation has come its way. Neither is it our, our fault that a temptation comes our comes our way temptations in life are unavoidable they're gonna happen uh facing temptation is is part of life and there's some people who mistakenly believe this and and think that if you were just godly enough if you're just a strong enough christian then you'd never face temptation but ask the question is that true 
I mean, you think about it, the, the great men and women of our faith that are in the Word of God, every single one of them were tempted, just like you and I were. I mean, even the, the, the giants of our faith, the people that you read about in, in church history, these amazing people that have done so much for God, every one of them, if you ever read their biographies, you can read about the struggles that they have, just like the struggles that, the, the, that we have. And Jesus Christ himself, who was not only close to God, he was God, he also faced temptation. Temp- in fact, Jesus said this about temptations. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin. And look at the next three words. Temptations are inevitable. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? Jesus promises that this side of heaven we're going to face, we're going to face temptations. We're going to face that. And it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter what your color is. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter any, any of those things. It doesn't matter whether you're married or single. In fact, I remember one kid in one of my youth groups, this is the truth. He came up to me one time and he's, he goes, man, I can't wait until I'm married because then I'll never have a temptation to lust again. And I shouldn't have laughed as hard as I did. That was kind of mean of me. But I mean, it's just like, no matter what area of life, no matter what, uh, you know, life that you're in at that particular time, uh, you're going to struggle with temptation. But here's the thing we need to know as we look at it this week and next week is this. While we're all going to face temptations, there are things we can do to have less temptations, to struggle with, to struggle with less temptation. We can do things about it to limit the temptations in our, in our life. And also there are things that we can know and there's things we can do to make it through the temptations, to avoid those temptations, to be victorious over the temptations that are coming our our way. And the second thing, not only temptations are unavoidable, it's not a sin to be tempted. Just what what Beachy said up here. Look at uh, Hebrews 4. For we do not have a high priest. Who are we talking about there? Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we, we have one who has been tempted in every way, in every way, just as we have been tempted and yet was with, uh, without sin. In other words, Jesus was tempted, the Bible tells us, and yet he never sinned. So it can't be a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to grab hold and to, to act out then to that temptation, but it's not a sin to be tempted anymore. It's a sin for, the, for a, a lure to plop in front of a, a, a fish. Uh, and, and why is that uh, important for us to understand? Because I think, again, most people um, will condemn themselves just for having feelings of temptation. And let me ask you this question. If this has not gone through your mind a hundred times in a hundred different ways, where Satan, where, where you have a temptation, that temptation, that thought is in you, and he goes after you right away with that and says, I cannot believe you thought that. I cannot believe that you as a Christian would actually have those thoughts go through your mind. Well, as long as you thought it, you might as well act it out, right? I mean, has that not every one of us, have we not understood that? Has that been something that he's gone after us in, in one way or the other? And here's something uh, too is, is um, we live in a culture that tells us if you have the desire to do something, if you have that, then you should act it out, whatever you, uh, in fact, one of my, one of my friends, uh, one of my close friends was struggling with his sexual identity and he went to a secular counselor and so help me, this is what he said, the counselor said, he said, if you have any feelings, whatever those feelings are, whatever those desires are that you have in life, you not only have the right, you have the obligation to act out whatever desires you have. Let's, let's take that to where that, you know, to, to its extreme of where that means. If we really, because really that is our culture, what it's saying, isn't it? And that, what that would mean, if we really lived that out, that means that if a man would see a pretty woman on the street and he would desire to have relations with her, not only would he have the right to do that, he'd have the obligation to do that. And if you saw something that belonged to somebody else and you wanted it and, and that was your desire, you would not only have the right to take it, 
you would have the obligation to do that. And say you wanted to bless somebody out. Say you wanted to cuss them out. Say you wanted to do something, something you know, mean or say slander them or gossip or speak to, about them behind their back. Not only would you have the right to do that, you would, uh, you would owe it to yourself. You'd have the obligation to, to do that. If you were a student and you wanted to, to, to cheat on a test, not only would you have the right to do that, you'd have the obligation to yourself to do that. If you wanted to cheat on your spouse, not only would you have the right to do that, if that's your desire, you'd have the obligation to fulfill that in your life. That's the culture that it says, no matter what the word of God says, no matter how God feels about it, if you have those feelings, then you must act those out. And you see the ludicrous stuff where that would lead us in our society if we truly lived out. And who do you think is behind that lie? Um, another thing is, is that, and let's go back to the verse. He was tempted in every way. Don't miss that. In every way, every way you've ever been tempted, Jesus has been tempted. Every way that you've, been, you've struggled, he has struggled in that same way through that, tem, that, that temptation. In other words, there are times that he wanted to vaporize the Pharisees, right? That, you know what that means? That means that he had, he, he had dealt with his male hormones too. And we may not want to deal about that, but everything means everything, Right? And there were many times where he slammed his, his finger with a hammer and he was a carpenter and he probably wanted to, to say some few choice words just like you and I do. That's, we were, he was tempted in every way. And I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good that my God can understand everything that I've been through. That every temptation I go through, he understands that. And the other thing is, but don't miss the second part. He was tempted in every way we were, but he was without sin. He didn't have to, and, and some people go, yeah, 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 sure, of course, that's Jesus. He was fully God, right? Of course he didn't sin. But no, I mean, something we have to understand, what, uh, what, what Beachy was saying, is, and this is something that has been a, a revelation for all of us who are going through uh, the, the, the Wednesday night Bible study of walking as Jesus walked. If you haven't been a part of that, come. I mean, I'm learning stuff every week. It's incredible. And, but something that has been uh, eye-opening for most people in there is just that Jesus truly was fully human, that even though he was fully God, he did. He put that God, God card in his pocket and never used that God card. And you know what that meant? That means he, that we have the same way to go through whatever we're going through, uh, that just like Jesus did. That the same Holy Spirit that was inside of him is the same Holy Spirit that's inside of us if we've given our life to, to Christ. The same, uh, the same uh, self-control that Jesus had is available to us as, as well. He had nothing over us and yet he never ever blew it. And I don't know about you, but that gives me great hope that I don't have have to act out those things, that it is possible to get to the other side of every temptation you and I will ever, will ever face. And another thing is, uh, is fishermen know th uh, that to use different bait to lure different fish. What is, what is the area, what, what trips your trigger may not trip my trigger, right? I mean, what really, what really affects me and, and, and is a temptation, a real temptation in my life may not affect you in any way. What really, what may affect the men in this group may affect the women in a different way and vice, and vice versa. But every single one of us, we have those things that are the lures that he uses for us, that are the ones that are very, very effective on, on us. I mean, maybe it's what? Maybe it's the, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, there's the, the dollar, there's materialism, there's greed. This could represent power. This could represent that we have to be in control. This could represent different things, right? And so maybe that's, maybe that's your big one. Maybe it's, maybe it's lust, right? Maybe it's just the, the, the desires of the flesh. Maybe that's the one that we, that we struggle with. Or maybe it's, 
the Rolling Stones, apparently. Uh, this, this is supposed to be the, you know, the mouth right here that represents the mouth. And, and you know, maybe, it's the, maybe it's the biggest thing that you control, try, have temptation, is to control your, your mouth. And there could be a thousand other fishing poles up here, right? Fishing rods, right? Could be a thousand ones. What is it that gets you? What is your biggest thing? Because you have to know your weakness. It's so important to know your weaknesses. Because uh, like today, there's going to be a lot of football games. And here's what's going to happen on many, many, uh, many, many games. There's going to be an injury. And somebody that's the starter goes out. And, and another person who's made, probably not as good is going to take the place. And sometimes it's, a, it's an unproven rookie. And does the coach ever say, well, you know what? He's just coming to the game. This is his first time. Let's really be easy on him. Or does the coach go, let's go after this guy right away. If, there's a, if you're a general and you know that, there's a, uh, a, that the, the enemy has a, has a weakness, a, a weak flank, what are you going to do? You're going to go straight after that, that weak flank. And Satan is completely evil. He goes after our weakness. And it's really important to know what our weakness is. I mean, right now I had a, I had a bike accident and I, had, you know, and I, I have, have this because I know my weakness. And they've put this in here because I know what it is. And this is going to str- try to strengthen my weakness. I just had knee surgery last week. That's why I wasn't here last week. And, and, and I know there's a weakness here. So thank God I'm up and around without crutches and everything. And thanks for your, your prayers and all that. But it's like, I know there's a weakness. So I have to be aware of those weaknesses. And we need to be aware what is our strengths and what is our weakness because he will definitely always go after our weakness. But don't miss this either. He oftentimes goes after our strength, doesn't he? I mean, the thing that we thought we would never do, the area that we'd never fail in, that he goes after that. Isn't that what he did with, with Peter? And Peter, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, Jesus looked at Peter, looked at everybody and said, one of you is going to betray me. And, and Peter Whose, whose strength was his incredible loyalty to Jesus. I mean, his loyalty to Jesus was amazing. And he, in, in, in full belief that he's going to do this, in full cockiness of saying, he said this, he said, I don't care what these other guys do. He said, I don't care what these other jerks do. I am not going to betray you. In fact, I'm gonna, I'll lay my life down for you this very evening. And Jesus said, man, you need to keep your guards up because, because you're going you're gonna to disown me three times. The very strength that he thought it was, you know, I had a friend that was um, strong marriage, and one thing he said several, several times to me is, is one thing I know is I will never commit adultery. And, uh, and there's one time on a trip, had his guard down, and the very person in the very strength that thought he would never, ever do, he, uh, he did. And, you know, that's the thing we have to make sure. We have to be aware of our weaknesses. We also have to keep our strengths uh, up and be aware that Satan is going to attack us in, uh, in both of those things. Um, Satan also, uh, fishermen know that there are better times to fish than others, don't they? I mean, there's, there's times that are in the day that are better, uh, better to fish. There's seasons that are better to, f- uh, to fish with. And in the same way, Satan knows that, uh, that there's times that, are, that we are more susceptible than other times. In fact, Jesus, uh, it, lo- it says this, that the devil left Jesus for a more opportune time. Jesus wasn't biting in the desert, so he left him for another time that he was going to go after him uh, again. And there's times that we need to realize that, that we are more susceptible to temptation than others. And it's different for you, every one of us. Maybe it's the time you're lonely. Maybe it's when you're depressed or discouraged. Maybe it's after a big defeat. Maybe it's after a big victory that you let your, you let your hands down. Maybe it's on Fridays and Saturday nights. Maybe it's a different, a, a different things that you do. Maybe it's, maybe it's on business trips. Maybe it's at spring break. I don't know what it is, but, uh, but whatever it is, there's times that we have to understand it. And, and, and temptations are stronger in cycles, aren't they? I mean, there's times in, like, there's, we can go by weeks, days or weeks, and all of a sudden it seems like there's really not been that many temptations. It seems like we're going pretty good. And then there's other times that days or weeks go by, and it seems 
seems like Satan himself and, and all the demons of hell are after us trying to, trying to get us to do a, a temptation. And something that I, I, I was pointed out to me when I was a, a youth, and I didn't really think this was true, and then I realized, man, it really is. The person said this, they said, a lot of times you'll face the same temptations at the same time of year. That those would be intense at the same times of the year. Maybe it's, maybe it's around the holidays for you facing discouragement or depression or something like that. Maybe it's around summertime that you deal more with lust. I don't know what it is, but there's, there's different times that you face different, different temptations in that way. But we need to be aware of that, of what those times are for, uh, for us. Another thing is fishermen are patient. And man, are they patient, right? I mean, they don't ever throw a lure in and nothing happens. Go, oh, well. And just, you know, walk off. They will throw the lure in over and over and over and over. And if that doesn't work, they'll put a new lure in and then go over and over and over. And a man by the name of Joseph in the Bible understood this. Because Joseph was a 17-year-old uh, young man. Now imagine this. I mean, his hormones are pretty strong. Everything. He has been, uh, been uh, captured, and, or not captured, but sold into slavery. And he is now in a, in a foreign land. And what does he have to lose? Here's this beautiful lady, uh, Potiphar's wife, that comes and tries to seduce him. And she must be absolutely gorgeous because she is... You know, she's Potiphar's wife. She, he had the pick of, pick of the litter of anybody that he, that he wanted. And you know he picked the supermodel of his day. And, and so here's this beautiful lady and, and comes and seduces him. And remember, I mean, he's away from his family. What happens in Egypt stays in Egypt, right? And he's got every reason to say yes to this uh, away from God. And, and watch what happens. It says, now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. No, I mean, didn't beat around the bush. He refuses, and we're going to take a look at that next week. And, but look at this. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be seen with her. I mean, this wasn't a one-time proposition. This was a daily proposition for him to do the wrong thing. And he, he said no to it every single time. But here's the thing. Can you imagine? He may have said no to it 70 straight days. 70 straight days. No, 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 no. But what happens if you'd have done it on the 71st day? totally different message, right? I mean, and Satan doesn't care. Satan wouldn't have cared whether he did it on the 70th day or the 71st day as long as he did it. Satan doesn't care whether he trips us on the ninth hurdle, the third hurdle, or the 10th hurdle as long as he can trip us, trip us up. He, in other words, this, don't miss this. He doesn't care how many times we say no as long as we can say yes at least one time. We have to keep saying no and keep saying no because he is extremely patient. And the other thing is fishermen always hide the hook. The fisherman's goal is to make the lure look as tasty as possible with, a, with the least pain possible. And notice something. Satan will always get us with a lure. I mean, something that actually appeals to us. I mean, if he tried to tempt me to, to put my head through that wall, uh, it's no temptation, is it? Because why? I don't want to do it. I have no desire to do that. But if he tempts me with something I want to do, that's a real temptation. And so, and, and, the, uh, and fish don't bite empty, empty hooks. And Satan will never do there and go, hey, you know, I'm Satan and, and please take a bite of this because it'll ruin your life and that's what I want. He never is, you know, he, he hides it cleverly. And one thing he will always hide is the pain that it'll cause. One thing we know, every one of in this room, we, we know that sin, that sin will always take us further than we were willing to go. It will keep us longer than we, we were willing 
willing to stay, and it will cost us more than we were willing to pay. Every one of us uh, know that. And so, um, and Satan, the only time the reason he wants to feed us and feed our flesh is so he can grab us later, so we can be a trophy someday or a fish stick someday. That's what he wants. And just like a drug dealer, uh, the drug dealer may, hey, here's some free drugs and everything, but it's not so because they like you. It's because they want to hook you. They want to have you. They want to control you. They want to own you. And the same reason with, with Satan. But let's take a look at some positive things. Here's some, a wonderful verse of, uh, uh, of promise. It's been 1 Corinthians 10. And this is what God says about temptation, and I love this. And he says this, no temptation. I love that word. I mean, think of it. No temptation. None, none, none. No temptation has seized you. And what a powerful word. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that true? There's sometimes the temptation are kind of just sitting there tapping on your shoulders, and there are other times you feel seized by it. It feels like, man, you have to do this. And no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, common to all of us. And what Satan would try to tell you is you're the only one struggling with that. You're the only one that deals with that. You're the only one that really has a trouble with, with that thing. No, every single temptation you've ever faced is something that everybody else has ever faced. Every one of us go through the same tem, uh, temptations, maybe at different degrees and maybe different things especially on on different situations of life. But I love this. But God is faithful. I want you to hear that. The the question will never be whether God will be faithful to get us to the other side. The question will be whether we take hold of that and say yes to the things that will help us to the other side. No temptation has seized you except when it's common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Do you know what that means? That means he will never, he knows exactly what you can take and what you can't take. He knows exactly how far you can be pressed and how far you can't be pressed. And Satan will go to this point. He'll say this. He'll say, you can go this much in temptation and no further. You cannot cross this line no matter what you do. He knows whether we can only go this far, he will protect us to this point and say, no more, no more, no more. That means, you know what that means? That means we can never say it was too much for us to handle. That we can, we can never say we were tempted, the temptation was too great because God will always make it where it's not too great. He knows what we can handle and what we can't handle. And the other thing is, I love this. Thank you, God, as God provides a way out of every temptation. That means every temptation you and, ever, uh, you and I will ever face, there's a back door. You and I, every temptation we'll ever face, there's, a, there's an escape hatch. Every temptation that you and I will ever have, there's a, there's a way out. No matter how hot the kitchen gets, no matter how intense the flames are, there will always be a way out. There will be a way to say no to that temptation. And third one is a huge one as well, is God gives us the power to overcome every temptation. Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And God wants you to take a stand. He doesn't want you to fall. He doesn't want you to be defeated. He wants you to take a stand. He said, I've given you everything you need to take that stand. You know, there's a, there's a, a submarine by the name of Submarine Thresher. It was several, uh, several, a couple decades ago. This thing was strong. It had, it had iron, steel over three inches thick. It was a nuclear submarine. It could pound through the ice in the, in the North Pole. That's how strong this thing was. But one time it went a little too deep. And this incredible thing was crushed like a tin can. And they found only pieces of the thresher on the bottom of the, the, the floor. But at that same place, at the same place where it was crushed, there are little fish swimming around. And you know, here's the thing is, how, you think, how could it do that? Because God made those things. He created things that they, have, that they have more strength on the inside than the pressure that's on the outside. And what God promises you and promises me, every one of us in here, and they're listening to the sound of my voice right now, is he promises as Christians, he said, the, the strength on the inside, I promise you, will always be greater than the pressure on the outside. 
He says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the, in, in the world. And I don't know about you, but I think if I looked and thought, man, I'm going to have to say no to every temptation that ever faced me, that's pretty overwhelming. But if I think that every single temptation, one by one, that God will give me, that God will give me a way out, that God will not give me more than I need, and that, that, that I will have the power on the inside that is greater than the pressure on the outside, we can make it to the other side. Amen? If we can stand and we'll pray. I just want to, what is the, what's the biggest temptations you face? I, mean, I don't mean just, you know, there's the ones we face every day and things, but what are the ones that have your number? What are the ones that that lure is really working with you? And it's worked maybe for, for years. And maybe it's worked even for generations in your family. And we just say we break that in the name of Jesus Christ right now. And God, we pray that the things that Satan has, has had control over us, and we've said, yeah, we pray, God, for the self-control. For the, God, thank you that you give us as, as part of the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And you give us your Holy Spirit. And God, if you can do it, we can do it, God. You give us the same thing. So God, we pray that there is more victory than ever before. And we know this. We know that we know that we know that one of the greatest feelings in our life is when temptations that used to hook us every time no longer have that sting, no longer have that hold on us, that there's victory on the other side. And we know that there's not a few things that ever bug Satan more than things that used to own us and control us that no longer have that. So God, we pray for more and more. Can you imagine right now, ladies and gentlemen, can you imagine if we just stopped saying yes a little bit more and just started seeing victory a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more every day. The, the difference it would make in our lives, the difference it would make in our, our walk with God, the difference it would make in, in how we live life in the world. And so God, that's what we ask. We ask for the power to say yes and the power to say no. And God, help us to see the way out every time. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen.